0: hear what the spirit is saying to the church from psalm 85 i will listen to what you have to say yahweh a voice that speaks of peace peace for your people and your friends so long as they don't return to their folly your salvation is near for those who revere you and your glory will dwell in our land love and faithfulness have met justice and peace have embraced Fidelity will sprout from the earth, and justice will lean down from heaven. Yahweh will give us what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Justice will march before you, Yahweh, and peace will prepare the way for your steps. And from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed, clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, welcome, my friends, um, as we um, enter in this Advent season and we come to a day and a Sunday to lean into peace. We hear the words of the psalmists, We hear the words of the prophets. We see the reality of John the Baptist as he steps into the wilderness to embrace the John the Baptist. I tried to wear my closest camel hair. It's actually Patagucci. But um, as we step into This calling, my friends, this is something that is calling out to us in the wilderness of our own world and our own soul. And so we come to receive it. And so let us take a moment for prayer and illumination. God, as we hear your story, as we step into a new beginning, I pray that as a community, We would hear your call to repentance, and more importantly, we would see your vision for shalom. Walk with us as we walk together, so that we may know your peace, that we may know your justice, and we may know who you are, living and loving God, Emmanuel, with us. In your name we pray, amen. Well, friends, I wonder, when we hear the word prepare the way, when was the last time you prepared for something well? Maybe prepared a room for construction, maybe prepared a meal for someone you deeply love, maybe prepared for a big work project or a test. When was the last time, literally name it, when you prepared for something well? What was it like to prepare? Did you find joy in it? What motivated you to keep going as you prepared? Did you ever feel and come to a point where you realize maybe this is pointless? You desire to throw in the towel and call it quits. And maybe no one would notice but you. Take a moment. And in your mind's eyes, I want you to hold on to something that you are preparing for or that you have prepared. And I'm going to read for us a centering poem as we enter into this passage today. Those who dream, prepare the way. My dad built a changing table. For nine months, my mom watched her ankle swell and her belly grow. For nine months, my dad would come home from work and kiss her on the forehead, pressing bangs to skin and tell her she was beautiful. Then for nine months, he'd skip into the garage to build sawdust, sandcastles, and a dresser out of dreams. I imagine she smiled, perched in that rocking chair. He was in his woodshop preparing the way. Eighteen years later, I left for college. As I packed my bags, my mom baked blueberry muffins for the road. The smell of home. She wrapped them in foil and placed them in a cupboard. Willingly similar layers of protection to be wrapped around me, her little girl. She was preparing the way. My aunt and uncles bought sweatshirts and In my new school colors. My dad taught me how to change attire. My mom gave me the earrings I'd been sneaking from her jewelry box for the last four years. I, I hid sticky note love letters on the kitchen door for them to find when they returned home. We were quiet in the car. My brother cried. We were all preparing the way. And through these moments, I have come to see that preparation and love can be the same thing. For for there is something about love that makes you want to prepare. There is something about love that compels you to throw open the doors, yell it from the rooftops, set the table, decorate the nursery, leave love notes on the back door, build a changing table, trim a tree, bake muffins for the road, and when it's time, if you must, let go. Preparation and love can be the same thing. We are called to prepare the way for God's message of love and love and liberation and nonviolent peace to be felt, embodied, and received in our world. Those who dream are awake to the vision that we read in Psalms 85, And using their bodies and their economy and their soul to make the way for righteousness and peace. To intimately embrace one another. For faithfulness to spring up from the ground. But I ask you this morning, what does it look like to prepare the way? One of the first realities we see in John the Baptist, as he lives into his calling to prepare the way is that for John, it wasn't about him. The one, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thongs of his sandals. At some point, John realized that he is not the way. Nor does he even have the fullness of what is to come. He is called to prepare the hearts and the souls, the bodies, the minds of a community for the advent of Christ. It wasn't about him. John's message is clear. It's about the movement of the divine coming into our world, a kingdom come here on earth. It is about the liberation of those who have been stepped on and spat upon. It's for it's a vision for God's peace and shalom for the next generation, the next generation, and the next generation. John is dreaming and preparing not for himself, but for seven generations beyond him. What dreams are you preparing that are not about you? What dreams do you dream for seven generations from now? This week, I joined a seminar with Dr. Christina Cleveland on soulful justice, and she spoke about the story of Harriet Tubman, who over her lifetime freed thousands of enslaved people. And it was Tubman who proclaimed this word for our Advent, and it fits so well in our Advent time. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember, you have within you the strength, the patience, the patience and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. It was Tubman, who was nicknamed Moses, that held a dream of freedom for herself, but not just for her, because it wasn't about her. It was for others. And it was a dream that she held that was beyond her. She humbly knew she was not in charge. She said, It's not, twas the Lord. He was always, he always told me, I trust you. I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do. But she said, I expect you, Lord, to lead me, and he always did. I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do, but I expect you to lead lead me, and he always did. For Harriet, it wasn't about her. It was about the liberation of all people through God's leading. She got out of the way, but expected with hope that God would lead her towards the freedom and liberation of others. Her dream was not a dream just for her or her family, but her dream were for generations and generations and generations to come. I won't lie, when it comes to dreaming for seven generations and putting my life and my work behind it, I find it difficult for two main reasons in my life, probably more than that, but for at least two. It's scary to dream because it's safer to surround myself in fear and criticism than hope and desire. It feels less vulnerable for me to live in the deconstruction of some things the questioning of things than it is the risk of failure and disappointment to reimagine to reconstruct to try to put some things together i'm scared secondly one of the reasons it's hard for me and for i think a lot of us to dream for generations to come is I want to control the narrative. You see, the ethos of white patriarchy has taught me that visions and goals need to be created from me up on my mountaintop and then I will bring it down to the people. And then I will will give it to them and then we can move forward. I want to manage the story, the narrative. I want to be in control of it and I know for sure I want to be its hero. But the dreams that God dreams are about a people, a community, a collective. Life isn't about me. And at first, that stings. And as I let it sink in, it becomes good news. Because then I am freed from the ego. Just like John the Baptist To shout from the rooftops, look, look and see the Lamb of God is here among us. Or as he later says to his disciples, he, it is Christ, must be greater and I must become less. We are given a glimpse of God's dreams for our world and the work we have been invited to is to dream about it. For our world, even in our city, in our neighborhood, and in our homes. It is not about us, but it involves all of who we are to bring about the freedom and the shalom for generations to come. And in many ways, as we talked about last week, this pandemic has been both so much grief and it has had a way of waking us up to maybe new dreams of what it looks like, what the world could look like, what God's kingdom could look like in this world for generations to come. When what we imagine and long for to be true and to be full, it is ultimately God's dreams and God's narratives that involves us. But we are not the central character. The dream of Shalom's were dreams the psalmists had for justice and peace to know each other. They were dreams of the prophets and prophetess. They were the dreams of John and Mary. And they have been passed on to us to do the work to prepare the way. And prep- preparation is a type of love and intentionality towards others and towards God and for the kingdom of God here on earth. This dream work is a daily work. It is a communal journey with one step after the other. The process is much more than a project. It is a process so much more than it is a project that we arrive and we we complete. And so when John calls the community into the desert to repent, a word I often meet with like zero excitement. If someone comes to me and says, hey, Will, I think it's about time. Repent. I'm about like, it's time for you to Get out of here. When John comes with a word of repent and the crowd start gathering and marching into the wilderness and they start talking about the destructive ways and systems, the religious oppression of the day and the deadness they feel in their own soul. When they say that there is injustice of our economy and that there is a scarcity of mind that we will not live under anymore. When John calls out that message, people show up. And they march into the wilderness and say, yes, the way the world is, is not as it should be. It is time for us to turn, to repent, to go a different direction, and to walk into the sacred future that God has for us and for the next generation. My friends, God's dreams are always a communal movement. We need each other's visions. We need each other's stories. We need the stories of all the people to be gathered in together so that we can move into the story of that God has created us for. To be a people who can taste the honey that John had been living off of and say, oh, there is a new promised land that we are being led to. And so when we choose to show up to the hard work, of gardening and cultivating our world in the midst of devastating climate change, when we show up to the hard work of building relationships and tearing down systems that hold up racism, when we show up to the hard work on behalf of the poor and elevate them with dignity and give them the complete worth that they have been given since their birth, when we show up to the work of marginalized of those who are marginalized being centered and we listen not just to our dreams but to their dreams for this world, when we surrender when we surrender our fragile egos to the very grace of God Instead of surrendering it to a cycle of shame, we are proclaiming each and every day peace, shalom, one small little step at a time. And you are not on a journey and on a trail by yourself. But we are in the midst of a community that wants to take this journey. We're being led. We're being dragged. We're running into the wilderness because we want the world to be different. This is a communal work that Advent is inviting us into. Dr. Marsha Riggs, who wrote much of our Advent guide, if you've been going through it, says this. To prepare the way for just peace, just peace, is just a choice that we must make daily. Dreamers know that what we see is not all there can, will, and should be. Dreamers face the troubles of the world respectively, receptively, perceptively, and attentively as they proclaim, we shall overcome. All Souls Community, what dreams do we have? What repentance do we need to follow? How is God asking us to prepare the way, not just for ourselves and our own comfort, but for seven, eight, ten, for all the generations to come? May we know. May we know justice in our bones. So that we may know the peace of God that comes hand in hand. The intimate relationship they desire, justice and peace. May we know it in our souls. May we shout it from our rooftops. May we walk hand in hand. (sighs) May we walk hand in hand together. Into the sacred future in which God holds for all people. So that God may look again over his creation and proclaim it is good, it is good, it is very good. Let's pray. Loving God, your patience and your persistence is overwhelming. You have prepared our hearts. You have prepared our community for the place it is right now. May we. With real work. With spiritual depth. In the midst of community. Prepare a way. For your kingdom of shalom. To come both now and forevermore. Amen.
0: Amen. Friends, we come now in our service to a...